Friends, let us pray. Lord, open the eyes of our hearts by the power of your Spirit, that we may know the hope to which we have been called in Jesus Christ. Amen. Today's Gospel lesson is from Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 through 46. Hear these words of Scripture. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. And then he will say to those at his left hand, you that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me, naked and you did not give me clothing, sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I hope you all had a blessed Thanksgiving. I know that our family of four treasured our time together. It's always good to have the kids home, especially when the young adults and they live far away. These cozy holiday weekends are times to hunker down, to savor what is good, to share the gift of being with one another, to accept one another, quirks and all, and sit at the table together, to let someone know that they matter to you, it was good. And it stood in sharp contrast to what, for me at least, was a troubling week, a shocking week. 
And I know not all is right with the world, but are you kidding me this kind of a week? And I'm talking about the stomach-churning daily news of egregious misconduct against women primarily by people with position and power. And it's one thing for such a scandal to include Hollywood power brokers or people who hold views that are anathema to me. But then came allegations against a politician whose policies I kind of liked. And then my favorite and most trusted morning newscaster. And the light of day once again exposed the vast, vast brokenness of our world people of every social and political persuasion. And I want to look each one of them straight in the eye and ask, what were you thinking? Personally, I'm glad to hear them being called out, for that kind of behavior is wrong, flat out wrong on so many levels. And at its most basic, it is using the power of position over someone else to get what you want or failing to understand where you have that power and objectifying the other person as a trophy to be won or an acquisition to be obtained or a means to some particular end. That kind of behavior dehumanizes people and dehumanization always exacts an enormous cost. It treats people not just as less than, it treats them as the least of these. Now in today's text from Matthew, Jesus says how we respond to the least of these matters in the kingdom of God. Just as you did it to one of those who is most weak and vulnerable, you did it to me. And just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. Now, if what Jesus said was simply about doing humanitarian good deeds, well, that would be remarkable in and of itself. For there is more than enough opportunity in our world to extend compassion and to meet the needs of those who are vulnerable in some way. We know people are hungry and thirsty right in our neighborhoods. They visit food programs around the city, including our own food cupboard and dining room ministry. We know people are looking for a place to be welcomed. Friends who are transgender or gay or lesbian do not always find a place at the family table or genuine welcome in a place of worship. We know people who can't afford to buy clothing. So we collect those much needed mittens and hats and socks and undies along with our Christmas basket donations. And if you haven't yet signed up, please do. Brian Stevenson's book, Just Mercy, which is the topic of Thursday night's book discussion, shows how our criminal justice system disproportionately convicts and incarcerates people of color, destroying their lives and those of their families. And if you have not read his compelling story, 
I hope you will. Scripture is clear. How we treat people who are vulnerable indicates where we stand relative to God's intention. Now, it is human tendency to want to make this all about us. We want to know where we stand in God's scheme of things. We, or at least I, want to be the sheep in today's reading from Matthew. We want to be the righteous ones, the good guys, the ones who intuitively recognize Jesus and do the right thing. We want to be the ones who get all the right answers in Jeopardy! Gospel Edition. So I will take, do it to the least of these for 200, Alex. The answer is, I was hungry, and I hit the buzzer. What is, did you feed him? And that is correct, Alex says, pick again. So I look at the column, I will take least of these for 400, Alex. And the answer is, I was a stranger who just moved to town. And I ring in first again. What is, did you welcome him? And that's correct, and so it goes. I want to be the one who sweeps the category and wins the game. This text has a lot to say about how Jesus would have us treat the least of these, and yet it's more than an instruction manual for moral and ethical behavior. It's more than a set of qualifications to win the Community Volunteer of the Year Award. It is part of Jesus' answer to his disciples' big question, which is, what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? How will we know you've come? It is Matthew's story of the last judgment. And this is where this ancient text can be difficult. Jill Duffield subtitles it, God's Big Sort, and summarizes it this way. Jesus in his glory, all the angels as his posse, sorts the sheep from the goats. Sheep who saw me in the least of these to the right, goats who didn't, you go left. And neither of these are a random picking of teams, a numbering off, or at the whim of a magic hat. No, she writes, divine determination of placement comes down to how we treated our flock mates. Did we see and respond with compassion to the least of these? Did we see the face of Christ in those in prison, the hungry and the sick, and treat them as we treat our king, or did we put them in another category entirely? When the time comes, that's the only test question we will have had to answer correctly, not with our words, but with our lives. And that is where our dreams of winning Jeopardy! Gospel Edition are dashed. For the light of scripture has once again exposed the vast brokenness of our own selves, not just that of others. We don't always respond with compassion. 
We exploit advantages we have by virtue of our birthplace in society. We conveniently look away from unjust treatment of people. We fail to speak out when we should. We keep silent when someone is harassed. We pass judgment on whether or not someone is worthy of our assistance. We are not always the good guys. Well, if gospel means good news, then there must be good news in this difficult passage for all of those who have been demeaned and dehumanized, for all those who have been abused or neglected, for all those who have gone hungry, or been unjustly caught in the school-to-prison pipeline. And if gospel means good news, then there must be good news even for us. In one sermon on this text, the late, great Fred Craddock draws out what the good news in this dramatic scene of judgment is. In the scene before us, It is God who finishes history. The creator of all is the completer of all things. Let there be adjustment in the iniquities that all have experienced. Let there be redress of of grievances even when the fault is found to be with us. Let justice be established as the governing principle of God's world. It is no wonder that early Christians prayed the prayer that seems so strange to some of us, the prayer that said simply, Come, Lord Jesus. Theologian N.T. Wright says, Justice is one of the most profound longings of the human race. It doesn't simply mean punishing wickedness. It means bringing the world back into balance. And the image here is that justice will at last be done. The world will be brought back into balance, and it hinges on the way in which those who are judged have treated one of the least of these. We would do well to look at how Jesus' message fits into Matthew's entire gospel narrative. For this is the hint of that good news. You see, immediately following these difficult words of Jesus about judging the world, he begins his own journey toward the cross, his own journey on behalf of all the world. Today, after the prayer of confession, you heard Ernest offer the assurance of forgiveness. And the one he used is my favorite one from the Book of Common Worship, because it is such good news. Who is in a position to condemn? Only Christ. And Christ lived and died for us. Christ rose for us. Christ reigns in power for us. And Christ prays for us. The one who is in a position to judge is the very same one who has come to save. And the one who has come to save is the one who is with us here and now in the least of these. 
Only two short months ago, five people from our partner church in Kenya, the Kahumo Parish, spent 10 days with us at Third Church. And just 36 hours into their visit here, Reverend Thyru and Donald and James and Sarah and Mary paid a visit to our Third Church dining room ministry. Now, those of you who serve with or have observed dining room ministry know what happens there every Saturday. Around 10 a.m., about 10 to 12 people arrive in our Celebration Center kitchen downstairs. They pull out the pre-planned menu and the recipes for that day. Now, that particular Saturday at the end of September, it was menu number one, Mama's Meatloaf mashed potatoes and gravy, mixed vegetables, bread and butter, dessert, coffee, water, milk, and the like. Now, team members went to the pantry and the refrigerator and the freezer to find all of the ingredients they needed, 15 pounds of ground beef, three pounds of onions, 18 eggs, salt, allspice, seven and a half cups of applesauce, seven and a half cups of oats, brown sugar, brown cloves, mixed vegetables, and more. And those ingredients didn't just magically appear. Earlier that week, someone went and shopped for them. And before that, Someone carefully created the recipes designed to feed 80 hungry people in a way that could be prepared from start to finish in a short 90 minutes. Well, our Kenyan guests were eager to jump in and be part of it. And alongside the regular DRM team members, they mixed, they scooped, they set tables, and I can tell you, I don't think I have ever seen anyone exude so much joy filling a tray full of those little tiny serving cups with ketchup. <laughs> All while singing, leaning on the everlasting arms in Kiswahili. Our Kenyan friends also looked with wide-eyed wonder and attentive curiosity at the DRM notebook that is command central for every team. And they even took notes for what they could bring back. And once the meal serving began and hosts and guests intermingled, Reverend Thyru turned to me and said, Lynette, this is a more powerful sermon than either you or I could ever preach from the pulpit. And he was right, of course. And a few minutes later, James echoed that sentiment. He said, this is the best gospel. It is the best gospel. It is the authentic gospel. Jesus is already here. Jesus has already come to meet us in the here and now. Jesus is present in the least of these. He is hope in the flesh and has come to right the world for everyone who is harassed and who harasses. He has come to right the world for everyone who is oppressed and who oppresses. 
He has come to right the world for everyone who is neglected and who neglects. He has come to right the world for everyone who is forgotten and who forgets. The one who shines the light on our brokenness is the very same one who can heal it. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Amen.